So yesterday, today is 5-19-2015. Yesterday ended up being a really dark afternoon for me. I got to a place of crying out to God and started feeling a little sorry for myself again and telling Him, you know, I'm obeying you, I'm doing all these things, God. And it's because I had been confused. I've been starting to get confused over some things God's telling me and I felt like He's been pointing me back to you know, finish the work, finish the work. And I'm like, God, I feel like I am. I feel like I'm doing everything I can. I I can't just sit and memorize scripture eight hours a day. My brain isn't capable of doing that. So I was kind of having it out with the Lord. And obviously I'm delicate and weak because of, you know, what has happened over the past couple of days with the the Laura thing coming and going and, and uh, the, at least my numbers, you know, the, the, the date. And so anyhow, I... I was really just down last night, very much down, and I just gave it to the Lord and prayed and prayed and prayed, and then my mom calls at 9.30, wants to tell me about this great idea she has that I want to give them their condo to go down to uh, Florida, and she's like, you remember you said we could go down there and just camp in front of their house? Well, maybe we ought to think about doing that, and so I said, Mom, I can't have this conversation with you at 9.30 at night. My brain has left the building, and it's because I didn't want to argue with her. But obviously, God is not going to, that is not of God. My mom is, is going through her period of anxiety and anxiousness, and she's wanting to fix it. And she's um, feeling very, very anxious. So, you know, I, I want to, I want, I almost want to say to her, Mom, you know, the devil uses me in my life, not God. I mean, and that is just so clear. Um, and uh, my mom, that would be very offensive for them to hear because they like I shy away from her. She's a uh, very carnal Christian, and and she displayed the same kind of temperament when I was around her that this guy Ted Haggard did. Very over-sexualized. Everything was always about sex, and and then, of course, she's the one that falsely prophesied to me, God told me you're going to jail. You know, I mean, and so I stay clear of that lady. That was the devil trying to use her to, to scare me and to get me to not wait for God. And now here he is using her again, and my mom, trying to offer a different solution. Well, here, save yourself. So, last night I wanted some encouragement, and I ended up dipping way back into some old... I was looking for an old message from Charles Stanley, and I found this one called The Grace to Keep Going. As I was listening to it at the end, he was talking about how you can get to a place... Where you say enough is enough, I've waited long enough, God's not coming through for me, and you want, and the devil is going to try to get you to act on your own, independent of God. And he said, folks, I have seen this happen so many times, where a person just says, oh, my circumstances haven't changed, God's not going to come through, and right before God is going to answer your prayer and change your circumstances, the person manipulates the circumstances, they say, I've waited long enough, I can't wait anymore, and they jump ahead of God. So I actually was able to listen to the whole message, and it was very encouraging, and I thank God because I said, Lord, I need you to refresh my spirit, and of the hundreds of messages I have on my phone, he directed me to that one, which was just incredible to hear, and it was all about stay the course. The devil is working extra hard to try to get you to put your eyes back on the circumstances that have not changed, which is exactly what I've been telling the Lord God. They're still not changing, and this whole the whole reason I got to this place is because of putting an expectation and having an unmet expectation with Laura, thinking that 
God had given me a date, and then when it comes and goes, it didn't. It's a huge blow, and in that moment of weakness, that's when the enemy comes in like a flood. It's like those crocodiles that look for the weak wildebeests. You know, I was weak in that moment, and so the enemy has just come in and trying to hit me with everything, and now I see it. I woke up this morning feeling fully rested and thankful and got on my knees and said, God, thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me to put my eyes back on my my um, my, prom- my promises from you and not on, you know, uh, difficult circumstances that haven't changed. I know that God is going to take care of it and God will deliver me, but not if I grow impatient or if I act independent of God. Incidentally, it's just 5.11, as I said that, on the timer, and it's 5.55, I will deliver you. Praise be to God. And when I started the music this morning, it was on 5.44, which is surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who strengthens me. It's 11.35 on May 19th, 2015, and I believe the Lord has been trying to correct me. Um, and almost rebuked me the last couple of days, uh, actually probably the last couple of weeks, and I have not been paying attention. I've been being confused about what he's been telling me because I've been leaning on my own understanding. This is what comes to me right this very second as I say that. And so what I believe has happened is that the Lord has been trying to get me to continue in the teachings of Christ to get them inside my heart even even in a deeper level and uh, basically to make sure that they're all memorized in my heart and I have moved on because I've begun helping other people and I kind of moved around to other scriptures and things and which is all good but it's not what the Lord had asked me to do and I was confused because I kept saying well, Lord we've already done the teachings of Jesus Christ and so this has been going on for the last couple of weeks and I've been not having a lot of joy in my heart and I've been wondering I've been thinking well maybe I'm just going through kind of a dry season or something that has been very very weird because I've been so filled with just an inexpressible glorious joy as Peter says and that hasn't been there for a couple of weeks and then with the whole Laura thing that just happened with the number of days come and went I built myself up for an expectation that didn't get met and then that created discouragement and I before I knew it I think the enemy was throwing some of his biggest sharks my way because he smelled blood in the water And I found myself slipping. And I I just cried out to God. And and it's like he just keeps telling me, be very careful to listen and to do what I'm telling you to do. These are the messages. And I've just been getting so confused because I'm like, God, I I thought I am doing what you're asking me to do. I'm trying to learn all these other scriptures and all that. And you know what I've done is I've gotten out of the will of God. I, I, I leaned on human understanding, which said, we've already gone through the teachings of Christ. Surely you mean for me to move on to these other teachings. And I look back on that project, the 300 project, and 
I have to admit that I think a part of that in my heart was busy work to, to satisfy the Lord and to keep moving and learning teachings. But it was a, it was a, um, a disobedience against God because He's asking me to continue in the teachings of Christ. And there again, I, I can't stress this enough that my human reasoning said, well, we've already done this, Lord. So I think it was last night I was working on my book and some I was working on some other scriptures and I saw this one scripture, this one number that points to a scripture that says, I keep uh, speaking to you, but you're not obeying me. And I'm like, God, how is that possible? I said, Father, how is that possible that you could be speaking that to me? God, I feel like I'm doing what you've asked me to do. I'm so confused, God. What is going on? And the confusion has been there for a couple of weeks, and I've just been kind of trying to, uh, I guess, I guess I've just been kind of trying to move forward and hope that, you know, maybe I was just experiencing a dry spell or something, and and that that, that it would come away, or if it was just a, a testing of my faith. But as what I what I believe is what God is showing me is, you know, this morning I I picked up my book and I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to keep going back through these teachings and I, I turned to a a weekly memory challenge and I went through all these verses and I'm like I can't remember what that one is I can't remember what that one is I can't remember what that one is and I'm going oh my goodness I've lost a lot of the teachings that like like I'm, sh- I'm shocked at how much you know I lost and couldn't remember and I'm sitting there staring at Matthew twelve thirty two, and I'm like I can't remember what that is I was staring at Matthew 7, 13 through 14, and I'm like, I can't remember what that is. Off the top of my head, and I'm going, oh man, God, okay. So I I have allowed, you know, to be distracted. They've been, they've just drifted right out of my heart. You know, and I'm going, oh no. So this morning I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm going to make a full-fledged effort to get back to the teachings of Christ. And I read in that scripture the other day where it says, if anyone does not continue in the teachings of Christ, if anyone runs ahead and does not continue in the teachings of Christ, he does not have God. He is conceited and knows nothing. And if anyone does not bring this teaching to you, do not welcome him into your home because to do so would be to share in his wickedness. And I I thought to myself, wow, that shows how important the teachings of Christ are. And I think to myself, I've been knowing this now for two years what happened that I got distracted away from what God asked me to do you know I mean obviously there's more words in the Bible and we have to read those too but I think that first you know the Lord has asked me to to build this foundation I find it interesting that even Paul says I have already laid a foundation as an expert builder and many men will build upon this foundation but each one should be very careful how he builds he's talking about the difference between the doctrine of salvation through Jesus Christ, which is the foundation, understanding that, and then all the other doctrines and teachings that we lay on top of that, and making sure that we build with gold, <coughs> silver, and precious stones, not wood, hay, or sticks. <coughs> and uh, so I started realizing oh, I need to get back to these and. It's going to be very helpful for me when the new book is finished.
because I'll have them all in categories. And I, I realize the Lord is wanting me to really master the teachings of Christ. And I've got much more to go on. I, I wasn't finished, contrary to what I thought. That's what I feel like God's been trying to tell me. And, you know, I just, I guess my own understanding started getting in the way. And I started drifting. So, it's funny that I was looking at uh, John 15 today. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My joy hasn't been complete for a couple of weeks. I mean, it's probably been even longer than that. And I'm realizing this because you can't have joy if you're not doing what God is asking you to do. He he removes the joy and His mercy to move you to do what He's asked you to do. And I feel like He's been asking me every day. And I'm like so thankful that God was merciful to me. I cried out to Him and said, Father, I just don't understand. I don't know what what you're telling me. I'm confused because I feel like you've already, we've already done that. And now I'm realizing that, no, uh, 90% complete is not finished. And, and God is not wanting me to just have a shallow understanding of these teachings and say, all right, I studied them for two years and now I can move on. No, it's that the words of Christ must remain in you if... You remain in me, and my words remain in you. And so, as I started to to go down these teachings again today, I felt like God was encouraging me in my heart and showing me some promises again and assuring me that, that this is what He's wanted me to do, and He wants me to stay focused. I don't know how long, but... He clearly wants me to stay focused on it. And I can see how even maybe my story video getting carried away could distract me away. Helping all these people. Not that God doesn't want me to do that. But I need to be still continuing in these teachings. I'm kind of shocked at how all of a sudden I realize I've kind of drifted away from the intense focus on His teachings. That That is almost shocking to me. I, I spent two years focused on them and getting to know them and realizing how important they are and that everything starts with them and now all of a sudden I'm realizing man I have gotten seriously distracted away from them morning and uh I don't know that's that's just bizarre so I'm gonna try to really stay focused here and see what happens to my joy and what happens to the promises that God has given me uh, and what happens in my heart as I make a rededicated focus to, to lean not on my own understanding 
and just to obey him. So here I go. My inbox has 1,066 unread emails in it today. And as I was looking at that number, 1066, I suspected it was a number. And immediately I picked up my book and just my Bible and went to page 1066 where I read these words. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The NASB interprets, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength as, but those who wait for the Lord. And so this is a very encouraging word as I have been growing weary over the last few weeks and have had this uh, setback. And so I'm now seeing that God is guiding me and directing me and I'm going to hold on to these words in faith. Praise be to God. It's 9.36 on the 20th of 2015. I'm walking in Stone Mark, and I want to capture uh, this recording about my, my weariness. It's been several, I think it's been a couple of months where I'm sure I could go back and find recordings that talk about how I haven't been feeling faith-ish for a while. I've been feeling much weaker. I've been holding on in faith, but it's it's a different kind of faith. It's a faith without feeling. It's a it's it, it it's possible that it's just a deeper kind of faith, a faith that is not uh, even dependent upon feeling like you have faith, if that even makes sense. It's just a it's a resolve to trust God, uh, irrespective of how you feel. And um, I, I feel that's been in me now for a couple of months, and. You know, it bothered me at first because I thought, man, I just don't have that sense of uh, zeal for God is going to come through on all these promises. I still believe He's going to. I'm still waiting. But the feeling uh, that permeates your soul that says, God will do this. My day is coming. It hasn't been there for several months, I would say. Uh it might be interesting to go back and see what triggered it, but I think I'm at a lowest of the low uh, now. Um, and it's not a... I, I would not say I'm dis, in despair at all, but it's definitely a depressed state. Not depression, but it's a, it's a spiritually depressed state where I find myself speaking slower, having less energy and movement in my body, um, and really just carrying a, oh, I cannot wait for this to be over. Not that I'm crying out in that every moment. It's this. It's just a silent enduring. I don't know how to really uh, put it into words. I still cannot get that feeling of faith back. No matter how much I read God's Word, <clears throat> no matter how much I meditate. I had a moment the other night in prayer. But even still, it was hard to break through. That feeling of, of being filled from the inside out uh, with faith and strength has eluded me for some time. And again, I, um, I recognize that part of it may be that God has withdrawn a part of that to allow 
some uncomfortability to change me, change directions. I, <clears throat> I believe that I had been hearing God wrong um, about what He was wanting me to do, and that He's in fact still wanting me to go back and refocus on. Oh, let me save the little baby turtle here. Um, focus on the teachings of Jesus Christ and making sure that I get get those continually memorized, refreshed, and that that's the foundation of everything I do and teach. And I was misunderstanding God and moving on to some other scriptures, and I felt like God was saying, Michael, you're not doing what I'm telling you to do, son. And He kept showing me over and over the need to be very careful to listen to Him and obey Him. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that is a lot of pressure um, when the Father is trying to tell you you're not paying attention or you're not hearing Him right or <clears throat> be very careful to obey all that I'm telling you and you're not. That that feels horrible. It's very humbling. And uh, that's something else that I think is uh, going on that I'm very thankful for. And I had read <clears throat> Andrew Murray's book, Humility, again, a couple of weeks ago, and I was very touched by it. I got on my knees several times, and I said, Father, I want more humility. I want to be nothing, you know, and, and I believe God is answering uh, that prayer. And, you know, what happened with me again, feeling like God had given me a date when I was going to meet Laura, the expectation of that, the hope for that, and then the crushing disappointment when that doesn't happen now, a uh, basically a fourth time, the 777th day after I met her, the 777th day after she said she would have coffee with me, the 989th day, or rather last Friday and this Sunday, the 989th day, 7-7 plus 2-12, when all of those days and times have come and gone, I've been left very disappointed. Now these last two times were not nearly the blow that the first two times were. Oh my goodness, those were that that was terrible. I had feelings of just giving up on everything that I had believed. I mean, it was just horrible. The the, the doubt was just it was unbelievable. But by I I cried out to God and he restored me and encouraged me and kept me going. And um you know, now I think these past events where uh, the days came and went, they've left a, a feeling of being subdued. And again, I'm not um, feeling sorry for myself. I'm not grumbling to the Lord. And I told Him I don't want to grumble. I just want to trust. I think I'm just feeling weary. That's what it is. It's just weary from waiting. A man can only wait so long. I mean, unless he's fully empowered by the grace of God. And... and that's the only way I've been able to go as long as I have. And I think that the Lord has withdrawn a bit of His grace uh, for good reason. And I believe what I'm feeling and sensing in my spirit and based upon what I know about the ways of God, that I am being humbled even more that God is answering my prayer to humble me. I realize that with the fruit, I also felt like God was showing me the other day that this is pruning, that He's cutting me back so that I will be even more fruitful. There's been a good bit of fruit that's been produced in the last 
a couple of months. And now I feel like God is pruning, cutting me back. And it's obviously to prevent me from becoming conceited. It's also to prevent me from becoming spiritually fat uh, and uh, self-sufficient. And so the pruning process hurts. It's not fun at all. And uh, But I welcome it and I actually thanked God for it today because I realize that this is the answer to my prayers. That I... I don't want to look down upon other people. You know, I, I want to be like Jesus Christ. I don't want to um, hammer people with my words, with my enthusiasm, with my zeal, with my conviction. I know there's a time and a place for that, but I, I, I have desired to be more gentle. I've desired to be more patient. I obviously do not want to be patient with tolerating evil. I don't want to be uh, tolerant of false discipleship or false teaching. But I think that I could benefit from and other people could benefit from and the kingdom of God could benefit from me having more gentleness. And I feel that's coming because of the humility. I Being humbled and I've, I've just said to the Father, Lord, I pray that I never forget how I'm feeling right now. I want to see other people as better than me, God. I want to always know that there's nothing in me that is good, that anything anybody ever says positive about me or benefits from me has nothing to do with me except that I've yielded myself to the good of you. That it's, that it's Him that does it all. And I, I want to know that in the deepest part of my soul. I want to believe that. And so I, I really think that God is answering my prayer. He's humbling me. Uh, yesterday I had a meeting with a friend named Mina, kind of a new guy, he's an acquaintance, and I met him through the Shattered Magazine connection. We've seen each other a couple of times at Starbucks. And yesterday we had lunch, and at one point he feels prompted to tell me that he knows Matthew, I think his name's Sloot, and he's apparently the discipleship pastor for Charles Stanley. Uh, and I explained to him, you know, I'd like to meet Charles Stanley one day, and at one point, he felt prompted to say that he would like to introduce me to Matthew uh, and introduce my book to him, that maybe this could be something they could benefit from discipleship-wise. I, I don't really see that happening. God will do whatever he wants. I don't really see that happening because I believe differently about salvation than Charles Stanley does. I, I believe that man has to work uh, to hold firmly on top of being built up and strengthened by God's grace, there's a balance between human responsibility and God's sovereignty that uh, that you still can fall away if you're not diligent in doing your part. That just because God chose you and predestined you does not mean that you couldn't carelessly drift away from the faith, shipwreck your faith, fall away from the faith, wander from the faith, as it's clear in Scripture, Paul says many people have done. And I just am not at a place where I can just say of those people, well, they were never meant to be saved to begin with. And the reason is, is because there's too many other scriptures that admonish true believers to hold firmly to that which they held on to to begin with. Their faith in Christ. And there's a lot of human responsibility that's required. So, nevertheless, I'm going to finish working on the book. Try to get it done over the weekend, so 
uh, that they can send it over to Charles Stanley's group. One other point that I want to make in this recording is Psalm 145, 18 through 20. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. And that scripture verse, the Lord is near to all who call on Him. Obviously today, I've been feeling that I'm weary. I, I am taking all these favorite promises I have on index cards, and I have most of them memorized, and I'm just washing my mind and my soul in them, just renewing my mind and my soul. And just even on this path alone, just on today's walk, God has spoken to encourage me outside of even these promises, just providentially showing me a couple of things. And it just makes me realize how blessed, I tr- how truly blessed I am to know that God truly is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. And even when it doesn't feel like it based upon your circumstances, the fact is that God is near. And I can rest in the fact that He is near. And I continue to do that. I could have never made it as long as I have all these years of waiting through darkness and difficult circumstances if it were not for the Lord being so near to me. I mean, I am more and more wanting to help people understand how weak I have been. I mean, I think for a long time I might have thought I had strong faith. And the fact of the matter is, is that if God goes more than a couple of days without speaking to me, or without encouraging me, that I could easily, during difficult circumstances, begin to cave in. And that I cannot go a day without reading my Bible. I can't, and if I go you know, a couple of days without like a, a marathon session of prayer, I become very, very weak. And it's like, I'm strong, but only strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in His might. Uh, but I'm still poor in spirit. Matthew 5.3, I kind of made that connection this morning. You know, that's not Jesus saying to be weak. It's He's saying to be weak in yourself. Be poor in your own spirit. Be strong in His spirit. Be strong in the Lord. And the only way I've been being strong is Him showing Himself strong on my behalf. Strongly supporting me by His grace. I just, it's amazing. I, I, I just... You know, I almost would like to go back and study just how God supported me. That, To me, that will be the best book, is showing what God has done. You know, come close all you who fear the Lord and listen to what the Lord has done for me. And I would like to do a book that helps people to see how God sustained me. You know, there's been obviously periods like this where it's hard, it's tough, and you don't feel like you're standing on the mountain and you don't feel good and faithish, but I just think to myself, my God, how I would be such a miserable failure without Him. Like, I mean, literally, I pray, I never look at myself as anything apart from Him. I can't do anything apart from Him. I, 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 it's just, I'm realizing it. God is helping me to see. It's part of my answer to this prayer for more humility is Him showing me just how weak I am without Him. I think it's so easy to fall in this trap from, 
a Christian standpoint that after you have a few victories, as Tozer points out, that's a very dangerous time. But after you have a few victories, you can begin to rest on your own laurels. You can begin to buy your own, believe your own press and really kind of start to think, yeah, I've kind of arrived. And it's not that you're in, it's not that you're this wicked, evil, intentionally arrogant person saying that. No, this is something that is a subtle trap. I think that the, the devil encourages and I think it's a propensity of the fleshly side. The pride that wants to say, I got this. You know, I just, it seems to me like when I listen to some of these missionaries I've been listening to and been having more of an interest in overseas missionaries and I've been, I listened to Compassion Radio this morning and I've been so interested in the voice of the martyrs and I'm starting to have an interest in learning about my brothers and sisters that are ministering and being persecuted around the world. And one thing that I hear in a lot of these people is just a, just a deep humility. And I still always get so frustrated trying to balance my passion and my conviction and my, I think my more um, uh, sanguine personality versus melancholy, my sanguine personality uh, with the gentleness and the meekness of the Lord. I think overall God has given me a, uh, there's 233 right there, pulling in right in front of me. This is a new number I've been seeing. Um, Praise God. It's amazing how this happens. It's amazing how this happens. I've seen it like twice this morning. I saw it yesterday. And oh man, that's awesome, God. So awesome, Lord. So, anyhow, um, I, I, I think I'm just, God is helping mature this part of me and help me realize that, you know, it's so amazing. I, here's, here's the final thing I'm going to say in this recording because I don't want it to be so long is that I, I don't want to ever forget to listen to this recording in the future when things are going incredible. I just know that when God restores my children and when God restores you know, me to, to Laura, I say restores me to her because I still have a standing coffee date with her waiting. And so when God allows that to happen, that uh, I'm going to have such a joy. I mean, it's going to be, oh, I just felt it. I'm just going to be so filled with amazing joy you know and I want to be so happy in the Lord and celebrate and um, but I but at the same time I told the father please don't ever let me think that that had anything to do with my strength and please don't let me ever confuse your amazing miracle providential working power uh, with mine don't ever, ever let me forget that, Lord. And I just am begging the Father to to help me to be humble and to remember, you know, where I was in this moment right here and how many moments there were where I would have given up if it weren't for Him. You know, where I was weary, where I can't look at the Father and say, I never grew weary. I never got weak. I never stumbled I never fall. I could I, I I think that <clears throat> that's been part of my problem is that I've wanted so much to be perfect and I think that's an admirable thing but I think my motivation may have been wrong deep down and I think God knows that it would have led to pride I think that's why God allowed me to stumble even with I mean God knew that was going to happen 
He wanted to show me the insidiousness of my pride when he warns me and says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I told the Father, I know, I see it, I've got this. I, 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 felt, I felt so confident. You know, I mean, and it's like you want to be confident. You want to think, I've grown, I'm stronger in this. And, you know, that's the point. You want to become stronger, a more mature believer. But So on one hand, what you're, what you're hoping for is a good thing. But there's just a fine line between that and being just this sickening, ignorant pride. And I think to myself, back to that moment of me pulling on that corner and saying, I know, Lord, I, I got this. I mean, that's basically how I said it to the Lord. Oh, I just, it just breaks my heart. You know, and I, I, I obviously, I wish that wasn't part of my testimony, but it is. And I think that 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 is something that God is trying to break out of me is that, you know, this, this expectation to be perfect and this thinking that you can be perfect. And, um, you know, uh, obviously we are to strive to be perfect because be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And we are to strive for holiness and all that. But it is, it is to be done connected to the vine. Not in our strength, but in His. Not apart from Him, but through Him. And such that you don't end up all arrogant and prideful and just, oh, it's horrible to think about. So, I want to make sure I never forget this because there's something very appealing to me about the humility of this situation, about the lowliness of it, and I never want to forget I want to be able to proclaim God's faithfulness. I want to be able to testify to His goodness. But I always want to make sure I do it remembering how humble. I, I think that uh, this one guy, Michael, that contacted me and I would get so frustrated with him because he was never making any progress. And granted, he may never make progress. He may be one that's not God's not intended to save out of his mess. I don't know. But I just I want to never forget how long it took. It's like, God help me remember this morning, Michael, it's been five years since you really started to take me seriously. You know, uh, it'll be six in October. You know, and look how long it's taken to get here. You can't expect people that come to you to be there in 30 days or in six months. And I need to, I need to be preparing to train people for that and help people. You know, at the same time, I don't think that everybody has to take as much time as I did. I don't think you should ever say, well, I'm right here where I am because that's what God wanted. And if I would have been, if He wanted me somewhere different, I don't buy into that. Because that's like saying the first pioneers that went out and found all the property in America, it was stupid for the next guys to follow their trail since they found the shortcut. You shouldn't benefit from their experience. You should just go do the same thing and spend years trying to find the cities they did. That's foolishness. Or the guy who finds a beautiful scuba diving wreck. And it took him years to map it out. And then when he did, he should never tell anybody? Well, just let everybody else just find it and spend 20 years trying to find it? No. The wise thing to do is to share where it's at so that people can follow in the trails of those who pioneered it. And I think that's exactly the way I'm seeing Christianity. Is I would be a lot further along had I had somebody train me. Like I will now, and I'm learning how to train other people. I think that's really important to remember. Add this to the book. 
I want to explain to people that it is a tendency for us to see all the things we're not doing and all the things that God requires us to do, and we shrink back in fear and discouragement, saying, God will never be able to bless me because I'm not doing all these things, and it would take me years to be able to do them all. And I want to make sure people understand that God blesses along the way, and that God blesses a heartfelt, wholehearted progress, not perfection. I want to make sure I include that in the book. It's 7.59 on May 21st, 2015. I just went and stopped a song to get ready to get in the shower, and I noticed it stopped as I hit pause on 3.55, and the song was 7 minutes and 55 seconds. And I was prompted, I clicked on my phone, and it was 7.55. Actually, let me think I got that right. Maybe it was 3.55, and the time was 7.55 on the the phone. Yeah, that's what it was. I stopped the song at 3.55, looked up at the time. It was 7.55 at the exact same time, and I clicked on my phone to look at that number, and it was, of course, 7.55 on my other phone, and I thought, you know what? I wonder why would I still be seeing that. I wonder if maybe I need to look that number up on page 7.55 in the NASB Bible, and I did, and incredibly, 3.55 takes me to Lamentations 3.55 in my Bible, and it says, Uh, In the NIV, it says, I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. You did not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I called you, and you said, Do not fear. O Lord, you took up my cause, my case. You redeemed my life. You have seen, O Lord, the wrong done to me. Uphold my cause. You have seen the depth of their vengeance and all their plots against me. Now, of course, this would be... um, you know, like a, a personal word to me about what the Lord has seen um, with my ex-wife and the children and stuff that's been done to me. Well, then when I go to page 755, it is Psalm 30, and it says almost the exact same thing, even mentioning pit. I called in your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. So here it says, Psalm 30 on page 755, it says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up, and you have not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord, you have brought me up from, brought my, brought up my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive, that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment; his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And then I have this underlined: Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness, that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And I remember reading that a long time ago and thinking, man, what an awesome verse of scripture and so encouraging. Now I feel like perhaps the Lord is letting me know good things are about to happen. And that he has heard my pr- prayers. He is going to lift me from the dead, from the dead, from the pit. He's going to turn my weeping into joy. He's going to turn my mourning into dancing. And he's going to loose my sackcloth and gird me with gladness, that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Praise be to God. Wow. I pray that's exactly what the Lord has shown me. So today is. Um... Uh, May 26, 2015, I've been crying because 
I've just received, I think, the most amazing promise from the Father, and I want to capture it. I've been praying, and my heart is just so uh, overwhelmed. But I have been, for weeks, I've been seeing all of these scriptures that God is pointing me to that tell me to be very careful to obey all of His commands as I enter and possess the promised land and to not forget to obey Him. I told my parents last night, I said, man, it must be that God's going to do something really amazing because He just keeps telling me over and over to remember to obey all of His commands so that I may live in the land that I'm going to enter in for a long time. And God has been speaking so clearly to me through scriptures and putting them all together. And what I'm finding is they more and more have to do with Job. And this morning I saw a new number, 733, and it's like I'm in the 33 numbers now. You know, 633, 933, 433, 233s. And they all have to do with me being blessed and me being sure to remember God and to obey His commands. This morning I saw 733. First of all, my phone has had this weird thing for the last few days. There are five numbers on my phone in a triangle. Starting from the left, there's the number five, and these are uh, a little number for updates. I've taken a picture of this. And then if you go diagonal 45 degrees, it's 522. 522 is the promise in Job 522 that God has continued to show me and has confirmed over and over again, which says, You will laugh at destruction and famine. And need not fear the beasts of the earth, for you will have a covenant with the stones of the field, and the wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure, and you will take stock of your property and find nothing missing. You will know that your children will be many, and your descendants like the grass of the earth. You will come to the grave in full vigor, like sheaves gathered in season, We have examined this, and it is true. So hear it and apply it to yourself. I asked the Lord. I was so humbled by that. I asked the Lord, Father, please confirm that that's the word you've spoken to me. And God has confirmed it over and over again. And then my phone down the other direct angle, 45 degrees down, is 511. This is James 511, which is a promise God began to show me all a long time ago to encourage me which says and you know we consider blessed those who have persevered for you have heard of Job's perseverance and what the Lord finally brought about this is amazing that over two years or more God would connect these two numbers together finally on my phone such that they both come from the same five 5222 up diagonal to the right 511 down diagonal to the right And I've just been seeing things like this, God speaking, showing over and over. So this morning I go 733, immediately I feel prompted to go to page 733 in my Bible, and where is it? It's in Job. Job 7, or page 733 is Job 8, nothing applied until I got to the bottom right hand corner. But if you will look to God and plead with the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, And I turn to the next page. Even now, he will rouse himself on your behalf 
and restore you to your rightful place. Your beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will your future be. And this is right in line with all of the other promises that God has been showing me, telling me I'm going to enter into the good land, that I will live and dwell in the land a long time, that I will take up a taunt against my oppressor, that the oppressor's days are going to be over, that what God is going to do in my life Psalm 40 verse 3 is so extraordinary that many are going to see and fear and put their trust in God. He's been giving me this promise for a long time. A truck passed by with 404 on it, which is, Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who trust in false idols. And on the back of the truck was a license plate, 111, and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, whom I love with you, I am well pleased. I just came in this morning and I just felt this humility. And I just said, Father, I am so thankful. I am so thankful, God, for what I believe is Him finally telling me the time is almost here. He's been telling me for months. And I told my parents last night, I said, please don't grow weary because my mom is growing weary. She says, you know, where is this financial provision that, that God is telling you? Where is this help? Why has he not helped you? And my mom has been growing weary. And she's just daily battling it and keeping the faith. And she's been having some hard talks with the Lord. And I, God has been telling me that he will act on my behalf, that I don't have to jump out ahead of him. And I said, I told my mom, I said, look at the extra humility that God has given me in just the last couple of weeks in answer to my prayer. That God would make me nothing. That I would have that I would that I would be nothing. And I would always remember that I'm nothing. And the best that I have that God will ever give me is now his presence. I prayed this morning and said, Father, any prosperity that you add to me will only be an external proof of what is already my internal reality. It will only be an external proof, a visible sign to others that you are with me. I already know in my heart that God is with me. And I am so humbled and excited. And I promised the Lord this morning that I will make, I will spend some of the money that he gives me to make altars with pictures to remember when I was homeless and to remember all of the pain and the rejection, and the turmoil, and and just to remember where He brought me from, and to remember what He brought me through, and just, I've been seeing so many good promises, and I, I, I feel like I really could be, it's hard for me to believe, and I told the Father this morning, I said, Lord, may it be done to me as you see fit, may it be done to me as you have said, and I told the Lord, Father, I have a hard time believing that you would do something like this for me. That you would bless me with prosperity. I don't, I don't, I've had a hard time with that. I've had a hard time for most of my journey believing that I would ever see the prosperity of God. And I really have not even desired it. I've just desired more of Him. And I've just desired the basics. Lord, please just provide me enough child support and to be able to help other people. I've asked him to be able to help so many people and I never have the money and I'm frustrated. So I don't know, but I feel like I have to believe in faith. 
you know, my human mind would say, oh, you're just making this up, or oh, God's not really ever, you know, the cards are not in it for you to ever have prosperity again. Your days are behind you. Michael Commentary. Brothers and sisters, let me address this little cliche that I use sometimes. Sometimes I'll say, oh, he just assumed that it wasn't in the cards for him, or it's not in the cards for me. One time a person heard me use that, and she reached out and said, Michael, do you realize that when you're saying this, you're using a term from the occult that's related to the reading of tarot cards? And I said, no, I had no idea that that might be connected to that. When I say it's not in the cards, I had always, because I grew up with grandparents who played, you know, card games, I never really played them other than go fish or war, and I don't know how to play cards really at all. But when I say it's not in the cards, I was always under the impression that it was a reference to playing cards, like you're playing poker or what have you, which probably isn't much better than playing with tarot cards, honestly, to some extent, especially if you're gambling with it. But the point is, Please don't take offense to this. This is just one of those, you know, cliches of our contemporary times that sometimes we use without even ever knowing what it means. For example, when you say the whole nine yards, many people don't realize. I learned one time, like, where did that come from? It came from a Gatlin gun operator, one of those gigantic uh, gun operators, either in a helicopter or on the ground. And the, the length of the bullets was nine meters long, nine yards and so when you'd say, give them the whole nine yards, that would mean to shoot them with the entire thing of bullets. You see, that's kind of crude to think about. And yet we say all the time, oh, and the whole nine yards. And we have no idea how brutal that really comes from. So nonetheless, we accept it. So please don't be offended if you hear me say it's not in the cards. There is no connection to the occult or to tarot card reading whatsoever. It was always something that I picked up thinking that it referenced playing cards. End of commentary. You know, that's, that's the reality of my humanistic thinking. But in faith, and I know how to walk by faith, by God's grace, I see what he's saying to me and I have to trust his word. And that many will see and fear. You know, would this not be everything that I have ever believed in? That it wouldn't be that God is glorified in my life because of anything I did, but that because of what God has done in answer to my obedience... Is this not what I just wrote in my book, that God will be magnified and glorified through your obedience? Would it not be said of the Lord and of those who see this story that if God does everything he's promised to me in the last few years and months, that will not will it not humble people? And will 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 the will the will the words of that angel not come true that God will be magnified and glorified through my obedience? Will it not be that God's blessing upon me resulted as a result of my humbling myself before him, him blessing me with affliction, me humbling myself and saying, God, I want to do life your way and I'll obey you no matter what and being willing to be a fool, to be willing to lose my friends, my family, my children for a time, my integrity, not my integrity, my dignity, to be able to lose my comfort, my credibility, and then God in turn says, I can work with that. I can bless that. I can show you that I'm God and you're not. I can show others that I'm God and they're not and you're not. I will bless with that. I will bless that humility. I will use your humility and your obedience to make myself known. You are nothing. You agreed to be nothing and so I can do something with your nothing. That is what I see is happening and I am in the cusp of what could be the greatest 
thing I've ever witnessed that God has told me in advance for years in spite of the fact that even now I have nothing. I have maybe $70 in my checking account. I have no ability to pay child support. I'm now probably almost $30,000 in payments behind on child support. How could anybody ever hear this recording, which I'll never publicly share, until after God does what I have already said multiple times, God has told me He will do. Because if I were to ever share a recording like this with somebody, they would conclude that I am absolutely nuts. What do you mean you're $30,000 behind on child support? Michael, the Bible says any man that doesn't provide for his family, especially that is his immediate family, has denied the faith and is worse than a non-believer. What do you mean you're not working? I mean, people would just lean on human reasoning as they've already done when I casted my pearl before swine. And I've had such humble circumstances. I'm a Joseph in a prison. I'm a David on the run. I'm a Moses living on the backside of the desert. You know, I'm a Job sitting around with all your friends saying, confess your sins, you know, and God will restore you. I'm, 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 I'm all of those situations. I'm experiencing all of those. And so I have to believe as I've seen that every one of those people I mentioned was prospered, God showed up in a huge way and used them. I have to conclude that if God has spent himself this much to bring affliction for such a long period of time into my life, that God surely will spend himself in my behalf to restore to me that which the enemy has stolen and to answer the desire of my heart, which is to see him glorified this is not about me being prospered it's not about me being another testimony it's about the father being glorified it's about people shrinking before him when they hear the story to recognize they are subject to this god their beliefs will be judged about this god their actions will be judged before this god their stewardship their faith, their deeds, their sins, their unbelief will be judged, measured, sifted, weighed before this God. I think to myself, my God, what this could mean for people. What could this mean for God, for people to read this unbelievable story of of a real Job-like experience where everything was taken from me and I just, I put my face into the dirt and I walked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles, thousands of hours spent in the Word of God, seeking my Father and tears, weeping and weeping to find God. What if this is just a modern day tale that God has chosen for this time, this weak vessel, to reveal himself in so that he will be honored and glorified and many people will put their faces to the ground before him as they read the word. I have, I have visions of people reading my accounts of what God has done and people getting up out of their chair and getting on their face and in their knees crying out to God in humility before him, convicted of their sins, of their shortcomings, of their unbelief. My God, what an amazing, what an amazing end to a humbling journey this could be. It's amazing, you know. You, 
you live in this period of wanting so bad to believe for God's restoration. You want so bad to believe Psalm 27, 13, and 14 verses. I would have despaired had I not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. God acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. I called to the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me, saved me out of all my fears. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. I mean, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. The Lord favors those who fear him those who wait for his loving kindness. The desires of the righteous end only in good. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He has given you the desires of your heart. He has not withheld the request of your lips. Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? As the scriptures say, no one who trusts in Him will ever be put to shame. God's promises. You want so much to believe that those are real and that those can happen for you and while they don't always happen the way we want them to or what have you, it seems to me that God has spoken these promises over me and that He's going to do a mighty thing. It's surreal in this moment. I hang in the balance between human understanding and strong faith in God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He will be like a tree planted by the waters. that sends its roots into the stream. It has no fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. It's amazing to think about. The Bible says when Daniel was lifted out of the lion's den, there was not a scratch on him. 
because he had trusted in his God. It's amazing. Even now, my God is working on my behalf. I cannot see it, but in faith, I believe that God is working on my behalf. I am a man of much humble, humble, humble circumstances. A man who has had much disgrace to endure. A father without his children and without the ability to provide for them or to be in their life. But I see a day coming when I will stand on the side of a soccer field watching my children play a sport I have never got to see them play as of yet. And I will stand there as a man honored by his father. And I will see the day where I will continue to be once again the pride of my children, as the Bible says, because I have had that taken away. Then one day again, my children will be in my house. Oh, for the days when my children were around me, the fellowship of the Almighty was with me, His friendship blessed my house, as as Job says. I believe that that day is coming soon. And I will have one unbelievable story to tell my children. And I will be able to bless my children with good gifts that I have not been able to buy them for years. I have not been able to afford a decent Christmas present in like three years for my children. I haven't had Christmas with my children in two and a half years. I haven't even seen them coming up in August in two years. And I know that God is going to restore me. He will once again comfort me and honor me. And my children will be able to rest in that. And they will have a very personal example of God's faithfulness to hold on to that they've seen not from afar. They saw it in their own family. God is going to bless me. I've had to fight against my pride. When a man has had everything taken from him, that pride fights to find some way of valuing himself. And with God's help, I've continued to cast aside my pride and bury my face and humble and ask God to crush that sinful pride in me and allow myself to be nothing and you're so afraid to to allow yourself to be nothing you're so afraid to surrender it's 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 so scary to think that you may never be anything ever again sometimes and with God's help I've been willing to be nothing and a man who is willing to be nothing can know that God will act in his behalf, that God exalts the humble, he opposes the proud. And I was proud in my ignorance. And God was merciful to me because my arrogance was not, it was not an arrogant pride 
It was a pride that was born out of insecurity, just a desperate need to be loved. And God knew that I needed to be loved and to be accepted. And I had had such a, a hard, hard childhood. And now God has remade me so that I can be a better father for my children. And I can teach them about this glorious father who loves them so much. And who will do such good for them. Who will not spare them from suffering or hardship or troubles. But who will be with them in those hardship and troubles. And many people have doubted everything I have said. And have thought that I have been wrong. and That I have been fanatical. That I have incorrectly interpreted scriptures. That I have not heard correctly from God. And I have been willing to suffer that disgrace. And rather than argue, I have simply separated myself from those who were antagonistic towards me where it was possible. And I know that my day of vindication is coming. I have waited upon the Lord. I, I have not wished my enemies to have any harm. I have not been able to ask the Father to break the teeth of my enemies, but that He would use whatever He does in my life for their repentance. And he would restore their understanding and restore their position to Him. And I, I, I believe that day is coming. I believe that the Lord has given me enough signs that I'm able to suppress my human understanding, which says, Michael, this will never happen for you. You're fantasy land living. You've been given promises that still haven't come true. And yet, my faith says... Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, you did say. Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? And have I not cried out thousands of times in prayer, God, show me your glory? Have I not said, Father, please make a big deal out of my story so I can make a big deal out of yours? Have I not said, Father, please honor me so that I can honor you? Have I not said, Father, I will cut my arm off for you if you ask me to? I haven't been perfect along the way. I've made lots of mistakes and I've had to do lots of growing. But I just continue to hold on to God's rope and I continue to not let go of His promises and I continue to ask Him to help me and He's been so, so graceful to me. So graceful to me, God has done. I told my parents last night I could have never made it this far had God not spoken to me every day if He'd not given me so many signs that He's with me. I could have never made it. I can never take credit for this, ever. There will be moments when people want to exalt me and people want to think I have stronger faith than I do and that, and that I I have something, something special. The only thing I have special is weakness. That's the only thing I have is weakness. I was that little boy who was bound to be rejected and bound to suffer many, many things throughout my whole life. I suffered so many things at the hands of other people and at my own hands. 
You have made me see troubles many and bitter from the time I was a youth. That's the only thing I have is weakness. I finally am starting to realize that how true that is. I've wanted to be strong so long. I've wanted to be strong in front of people. Because I was chased home by bullies every day. Because I was abandoned and rejected by family member after family member. Every person, even my own mother and father forsook me. My ex-wife rejected me. Threw me away. I suffered unbelievable. I mean, one thing after another. My best friend committing suicide. My biological father rejecting me. Now my real father rejecting me. My biological father rejected me twice. My grandfather, my special grandfather, Grandpa McBryant, rejected me and left and abandoned. Grandpa Carl rejected me when I was 12 years old. My whole life is filled with rejection. My favorite aunt and uncle, they left and never told anybody where they were going. Never kept in touch with me. My father kicking me out of the house. My stepmother rejecting me. I mean, I could just go on and on. God did not reject me. God must have looked down and saw that because I was despised and I was weak, that God would use me one day. That He would choose me. Not because I was strong, not because I was anything, but because He saw there is a frail, weak vessel that I can make myself known through. If I can just get Him to accept the fact that He is weak, if I can just allow enough suffering in his life to afflict him, to work that pride out of his heart, the lie that he needs to be strong apart from me, the humility and the honesty to embrace his weakness, I will do something mighty in his life. It's so hard to be humble and weak when your circumstances are so humble and weak. It's, it's easier to be humble when things are going well in your life and to act to feign humility and to say, oh, I'm really nothing and oh, you know, God did it all and it's so easy like a celebrity to feign humility. It's not been easy to be humble when my circumstances have been so truly humble for so long. It was not easy to have to explain to people that I didn't have a cell phone because I didn't have money for a year and something. It's not easy to talk about having to be homeless, not being able to pay child support. <clears throat> you have to be careful about even who you share those things with. But now I see that perhaps God has found me weak enough to bless me. think about how good the work is that God has done in my heart. I remember all the times I would tell my parents, I'm not done yet, guys. I'm not done yet. When they wondered why I hadn't moved out, why I hadn't moved on, we'd have family meetings and I'd say, guys, I'm just not done yet. I look back on those moments <clears throat> over the last four years and I think about what an understatement that was. 
And of course, I'm not saying I'm by any means done now. But I know that I'm in a much safer place for the Lord to to put things into my hands without them poisoning my heart. I'm so very thankful. I'm going to cling to these promises that God has given me. I know there will be moments between now and then that I don't feel like what I've heard is correct or that God is going to bless me. But in faith, I will continue to hold on to these promises that God has in fact blessed me for this time. And that He is working on my behalf to restore, to bless, and all for the purposes of glorifying Himself. Mm, mm, mm.